Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. steamy day where we got a little hockey action going on down at Rogers Place Canada and Finland it is 5-2 for Team Canada early in the third period of play the goal scores for Canada Brendan Othman his second power play goal from Tyson Forster Connor Medard his third Ridley Gregg his third how about Mason McTavish of course he had that four goal performance six point night against Slovakia he has his seventh of the uh, tournament so far that was a power play goal and Finland just scored so it is a three goal lead once again for Canada it's 5-2 over Finland Connor Medard only three goals but boy all of them have been special all of them have been pretty good and uh, whoever's going to land this fellow um, and the Chicago Blackhawks appear to be doing everything they can to land this player. Um, <laughs> they're going to love it. They're going to love it. There you go. So uh, the prelims end tonight. Already had a game earlier today at Rogers Place. It was a 3-2 win, Switzerland over Austria. And uh, still to come tonight, the uh, Swedes will take on Germany. And that will end the round-robin portion of, and the prelims for the tournament. And the quarters will begin on Wednesday after a day off tomorrow. As uh, uh, If you've had trouble getting into it, maybe you're into it now. I know for myself personally. And myself, by the way, is Dave Campbell, as you probably guessed, because Reed Wilkins is uh, is away for the next couple of weeks. We'll get to that in a moment, a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I mean, as the tournament gets gets going, gets deeper, yeah, I'm getting a little more into it. And, of course, the quarterfinals coming up on Wednesday. So uh, probably uh, find an establishment in Ottawa or uh, go in my hotel room and uh, check that out for sure, depending on when they play as well. It's possible they could be playing when I'm in the air. That, that is quite possible. It's going to be a long day to get to Ottawa. Kellen Kennedy back in 630 Chet Studios. Do you know there is not one direct flight? Not one direct flight to Ottawa and back. Not a one. Uh, shocking, but not surprising. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to get anywhere now. <laughs> Maybe Vancouver or trying to get out of Montreal even mm. is is a is a difficult task or even Vancouver or even anywhere so anyway that's uh, it's going to be a long travel day on uh, on Wednesday you know but that's okay that's okay got to yep. make sure the wireless earbuds are all charged up oh yeah or, for actually, sure make sure what? make sure all your devices are all charged up before you jump on the plane there and uh you know when they give you the green light to you know use the wi-fi on a plane or whatever you just Get in there and you'll get all your updates uh, on your way to it. It should be pretty good now. 
the way the brackets will uh, end up in that stuff, or do we know? Is it is it Germany that we're playing in the first uh, matchup in the quarters, or is that still a TBD? Uh, it it could. That is probably TBD. It could very well be Germany. Now, what's I believe what's going to happen is, so Pool A and Pool B, they'll just cross over, right? Which mm. is, I think, what normally happens anyway. So, yeah, Germany would be the lowest seed right now in that pool. So, we'll have to see if they can pull a little magic tonight against Sweden, which you would think have also happened, right? So, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the, yeah, Sweden plays Germany right now. I think we got a coach's challenge on a, a – I don't know if it's on the second finish goal or did Finland score again? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get this all figured out here in a moment. They're down 3 nothing to the Baltimore Orioles, bottom of the third inning of play. Toronto of the wild card chase, even though they're – yes, they're in – well, not in the spot. They're one game back of one of the three wildcard spots. So that's uh, that's not good. They've been sinking, unfortunately. So we'll have to see uh, how they do tonight. Not doing very well. Bottom of the third, they are down 3 nothing. George Springer, by the way, their outfielder, was uh, activated from the injured list. So that does help for sure. Um, so what isn't helping uh, right now if you're an Edmonton Elks fan? Well, they keep losing. That's the problem. That's typically yeah. not a helpful response. It's a uh, it's a very no. hindering response than anything else. <laughs> exactly, Kellen. And uh, another game where they had a chance to win. They had a fourth quarter lead. They are up 23-22 and end up losing by a score of 34-23. Not good. Not good. A game where they played well in parts. I thought they did a great job of uh, putting pressure on Cody Fajardo. They created some turnovers. They got some sacks. They got some pressure. And it still wasn't enough. And Cody Fajardo looked like he was refreshed and renewed off their bye week. Because he's had that knee problem since, well, week two. He uh, suffered a bit of an MCL sprain in that hockey game or in that uh, hockey game, that football game. And he's been dealing with it ever since and had the knee brace on a couple weeks later. And I believe on Saturday, but he was uh, doing the old uh, Fajardo and spinny spinorama, if I can say it, we have the Savardian spinorama. We have the Fajardian spinorama, if that makes any sense at all. But uh, he moved well, rushed well, threw the ball fairly well. And the Elks, their biggest problem right now is discipline. And smarts. You remember after the Winnipeg game, Chris Jones says, we have to play with a certain level of intelligence. And I'll tell you what, folks, until the Elks figure that out, they're going to keep losing football games. Plain and simple. Bottom line, they're going to keep losing football games. Let's hear from Chris Jones, though, on what he felt overall, uh, his thoughts in the game. We played hard, but we weren't very smart. And, um, you know, you can't, you've got to do things the right way. You, you can't have missed assignments and penalties and expect to win big ball games. Taylor Cornelius uh, had a good rushing day, threw the football well in the first half. Things kind of changed in the second half. And here's what Chris Jones thought about his quarterback's play. 
we got to protect him better. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to be running all over the field and 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 doing some of the things that some you know some of those little small kids can do. But he uh, again, he's a he's a solid person. And he's I know this. He'll be in there first thing in the morning trying to get better. So, coach, what was the turning point? The second half, we took a couple of really big penalties, and uh, you know we had a, a turnover or so that we couldn't generate touchdowns. We ended up kicking field goals, uh, and then unfortunately, we took, okay. like I say, penalties there late, and uh, they cost us the ball game. All right. There's also uh, another key moment, and we'll we'll hold on that comment uh, from Chris Jones, his reaction to this uh, in a moment, but penalties, 13 for 140. Saskatchewan had nine for 100. I didn't think it was the best officiated game, and Ben Major was the head official. I didn't think it was, again, the best, but I didn't think overall it was the reason why the Elks lost the football game. By the way, the review was on the finish goal, the second finish goal. It did count, so Canada up 5-2 on Finland. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But there were a lot of penalties that were after the play. Niles Morgan got rung up for for one, a, a misconduct. Mark Corday, who is mild-mannered Mark Corday, right guard, was ejected. Now, <laughs> that was shocking to me, Dave. Tell you. Yeah, <laughs> me absolutely too. shocking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, any offensive lineman will tell you they can be the nicest person in the world, but they'll tell you when you put the pads on you in the trenches, you you do turn a little nasty. But still, for Mark Corday after the whistle to be involved in stuff was surprising. And there was a lot of extracurricular stuff going on, lots of pushing, shoving, jawing, that sort of thing. And the Elks got involved in it, and the Elks didn't do a good enough job of turning away from it. So a lot of uh, a lot of UR calls uh, as well, unnecessary roughness. As and Matt Thomas. Had on the drive that gave the riders the lead, he took an unnecessary roughness call after a stop because he basically belly to back suplexed Jamal Morrow, which in you know, Kellen mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar can do that in the WWE all he wants, perfectly legal. Cannot do it in the game of football anymore, completely illegal and could cost your team some points. Yes, exactly. And it did, except the Elks got an interception from Nafis Lyon after a great bit of pressure called up by Chris Jones, which got there, and that forced Cody Fajardo to throw the ball off time, off timing, and Nafis Lyon thought he got a second interception of the game. But then a pass interference call to Treston Decoud. Honestly, 
this is where I, I kind of go, where was it? I don't know. Because they called Decoud. He wasn't near the football. It was Deron Carter. And I honestly, to this day, cannot, this day has been, you know, two days later, um, I, I cannot for the life of me find where the foul was. But he was called. Okay, fine. I mean, what are you going to do? And then one play later, Cody Fajardo finds Duke Williams in the end zone. And then the Elks, they can't respond. And Taylor Cornelius, and this plays into what Chris Jones was saying, uh, a lot of pressure in the second half. And I can't blame all of that on one position change with Mark Cordy coming out because he got DQ'd. Here comes Steven Nielsen, the global player, who got back in the lineup after being on COVID protocol. He goes to right guard, which is the right position. Don't put him at tackle. Martez Ivy played right tackle. He's a better tackle. But, boy, that, that was a rough outing on that right side, especially on Ivy's side. David Foucault struggled again, and they have issues on that O-line. They are able to run the football better. Still wasn't great. Uh, outside of Taylor Cornelius, who was uh, very good. Seven rushes, 86 yards, two touchdowns, over 12-yard average. But Antti Milanovic-Litre, who uh, was the starting running back, had nine carries, 38 yards, 4.2-yard average. But he did have three runs of 10 yards or more. But, uh, I mean, that's that's three runs that were 10 or more. So there were six runs that weren't very good. Malik Irons, eight for 28. He had one rush of 10 yards, so kind of a so-so night. But overall, for a rushing team, and, and the quarterback is part of this, Taylor Cornelius did a, a pretty good job. He was 13 of 23, 209 yards. Thought he got some good things going with Kenny Lawler, who was uh, 105 yards receiving, second 100-yard game of the season, uh, targeted nine times, caught six passes. But then after that, uh, Emmanuel Arsenault was your next best receiver at 46 yards. Then it was Chris Osi-Kusi, one catch, 27 yards. Loxley had 20. Litre had six. And Darrell Walker targeted six times, one catch, five yards. Um, Darrell Walker's body language at times was concerning again. I'm just going to say that. I'm not trying to pick on him, but he's a veteran. There's some things I didn't like what I saw. I'm just going to say that. But honestly, like, here, here's the Elks. They're two and seven. They're six back of the Riders. It's conceivable, it's possible that when these two teams meet again in Regina on September 16th, there could be playoff implications. The Elks have Ottawa back to back. Ottawa's one and seven. Now, now there's no, there's no way that I'm going to sit here and say that those would be easy. Those are easy wins. They're not easy. Not when you're two and seven. Those are going to be tough ball games. Two winnable games for sure, but not not slam dunks at all. I mean, Ottawa is going to look at Edmonton and go, "Hey, here's an opportunity for us as well." And then the Elks have the Calgary Stampeders back-to-back, of course, Labor Day, Labor Day rematch. The Rough Riders, tougher road. It's back-to-back Lions starting this week in Regina, and then it's their Labor Day series with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So the Riders do have a tougher road than the Elks, so it's possible that that game could mean something on the September 16th. Then it's the bye week for the Elks who only have four games remaining after that bye week. So time's running out. Time is running out. Two and seven on the season. 
halfway mark. Going to be tough to be. It was going to be tough anyway. I mean, when you have Chris Jones, who is going through this massive rebuild of of the roster, kind of like what Victor Quee is doing off the field with the, you know, with the with a reload or a rebuild with the uh, off field product and how you view games and how you interact with the team, that sort of thing. But on the field with all these changes, when there's what 19 players remaining from last year's roster, which wasn't very good. And you have about 80, 85% turnover right now. That's tough. They're getting healthier. And that is why you saw minimal changes from the 46, 14 loss to the lions to this game on Saturday. And we'll see what the injury report has to offer tomorrow because it's a short week preparing for the Red Blacks on Friday, which is a four o'clock countdown to kickoff, 5.30 kickoff right here on 6.30. Chad from TD Place in our nation's capital. So there is a bigger picture here. There is a bigger picture. It stinks to lose, though. I mean, they're 22 and 37. I, I, I looked it up since 2018. And since then, they've only won 12 home games. They were 7-2 and two in 2018, by the way. That's their last really good home record. Um, remember, they were 0-7 last year, but they were 7-2 they were, uh, and 2 in 18. They were 5-4 and 4 in 19. Of course, no season in 20. 0-4 in 2021, and they're 0-4 right now. Four games in, no wins at home, which really, really hurts. And it's really, really painful. And, and a great crowd. And yes, thank you, Rider Nation, for coming out. But I thought it was a really good crowd between the green and gold and the green and white. And yes, it was too bad that Joe Holloman and Ed Jones and Jim Germany did not have the proper ceremony that they deserved at halftime. But there was a lightning delay. It was good they did it post-game. It was a little weird, the, the scenario. But what are you going to do? But, you know, the Elks are trying to find a roster. Chris Jones is trying to find a roster that he can rely on from game to game. Now we'll see if there's any changes in the offing for Friday, and we'll get a first indication of that tomorrow, and I'll let you know. But this is more about this season, because 2022 is going to be tough. It's about how does this team become a Winnipeg Blue Bombers or a Calgary Stampeders? And I use those two as the examples because they're the best examples right now of a program of consistency over the last, you know, eight to 15 years, you know, and when I say 15 years, I'm, I'm talking about the stamps under John Huffnagel. And I'm talking about eight, nine years with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with Michael Shane, Kyle Walters. And if you remember in Winnipeg, they stunk in 14, they stunk in 15, they stunk for about the third of the 16th season. And since 16, they've been one of the better football teams in the Canadian Football League. When we broached that subject not too long ago with Bob Irving, the retired longtime voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So this is painful. It stinks. Losing sucks. But Chris Jones has to find the, the horses to ride with. And I'll tell you, that's been a real challenge for him because he's not getting everything he wants out of everybody with the discipline, with the lack of smart plays. Some, some players are not executing the way they should be or the way he expects. They are playing better, though. I will say that. And they are giving teams a lot more fits. And But you know what? 
they're not at the stage yet where you can say that they're they they've arrived they're not close are they getting closer I, I honestly I can't tell you but I know that Chris Jones is a tireless worker and a competitor and he wants to win and he's going to find every way to do it along with G. Roy Simon and others tough folks it is tough 5-2 Canada Finland about 13 and a half minutes left to go at Rogers Place in this one and I'm Dave Campbell and for Wilkie on Inside Sports this week